Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's an expression that when it rains, it pours. Well, that may very well be true. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. In Indiana, a judge blocks Indiana's new abortion restrictions. ACLU had sued. Others engaged in a lawsuit. The Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, scheduled to be with us in just a few minutes to discuss what has happened, his reaction to it, and how the state of Indiana may very well respond. Meanwhile, the markets, well, they're down 100. Wait, is that right? They were down in the pre-market. No, they're down 105. Down 153 in the NASDAQ. And more conversations about how Bed Bath & Beyond uh, might not be able to turn anything around. And then there's this. A hot mic with the president of South Korea that's, well, just not. It's the kind of thing you would expect Joe Biden to talk about. The South Korean president was reacting to President Biden's remarks at the U.N., right? His speech at the U.N. was, I don't know, I I guess what you would expect, Russia bad, America good, what you would expect. He was reacting was a South Korean uh, uh, president, uh, who I I believe I pronounce it, Yoon Suk-yeol. And uh, he was reacting to Biden saying... Um, the increase uh, of U.S. contribution to the U.N. Global Fund, um, and it would require congressional approval. And on a hot mic, the South Korean president is saying, how could Biden not lose damn face if these blankers do not pass it in Congress? I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't heard the hot mic. I have not heard the hot mic uh, uh, as of this moment, I'm only reading the reporting. I'm like, holy cow, that's that's not something you hear every day. And this is on top of what's going on with uh, uh, President Trump regarding the lawsuit from the state of New York. Uh, I, I had a chance to speak with Kurt Schlichter, uh, who is a, a trial lawyer, deals with these kinds uh, of cases, and of course an author, a retired United States military, and spoke to him about where the issue is here and is there any case in New York. And then, of course, the recognition that the special master has been put in place who's going to take a look at everything that was taken by the federal government out of President Trump's home, uh, Mar-a-Lago, and whether or not any of these things are covered by executive privilege. But the special master is already explaining to Trump lawyers, look, 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 not everything's going to go your way. According to sources, uh, Trump's uh, lawyers were told, you can't have your cake and eat it. The special master, his name is uh, Raymond uh, Deary. Pressing Trump's lawyers during a hearing in Brooklyn federal court over whether they had evidence that the president had declassified records seized during the August 8th raid. Now, this all connects to an interview that President Trump did on Fox on Fox News with Sean Hannity, where he said he can declassify anything he wants, which 
I don't disagree with, and he can declassify it even if he thinks of it. Now, that's the way it is written. I did not see the interview. Am I willing to bet that anything is written wrong? Absolutely, positively. But he said that there doesn't have to be a process for declassifying. There doesn't have to be a process, as I understand it. You know, there's different people say different things. But as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it. Because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You're- All right. You, you can't. You, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. You can't, de-pro- you can't declassify something just by thinking it. That's not, that's not the way. Okay, he said it the way. I, I didn't have the audio clip. I was actually searching for it while I was talking about it because I knew it. And somebody had had it for me, and, and there it is. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that drives people crazy about Trump. He can declassify anything when he's president. You can, not by thinking about it. Is there a system? This has been the question. So when I tell you there's a lot going on today, holy cow, there's a lot going on today. And on this concept of the the special master, they don't care. The, The Department of Justice doesn't care because they have now gotten approval to utilize all the records found and see what they want to use in possible criminal uh, charges or civil charges uh, against uh, President Trump. They're not even waiting for the special master to look at everything. They've already gotten a lift uh, from the judge's order that says you can't use this stuff to say, oh, yes, they can. I just shared with you a whole bunch of madness in five minutes. I, I apologize. But like that, when I tell you uh, when it rains, it pours, I wasn't joking. But the big story, this fight on abortion continues. A judge granting a preliminary injunction blocking Indiana's new abortion law. The Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita scheduled to be with us next. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. Well, what the court found in the injunction was that we are likely to prevail on that argument. We are likely to be able to demonstrate that, in fact, our Constitution does protect privacy, and within that, as a core value, our abortion rights. That is Ken Falk of the ACLU of Indiana, uh, speaking with Chris Davis, a news director at 93WIBC, that the Constitution of the state of Indiana has privacy as a core value, and the judge, uh, Kelsey Hanlon, a special judge in Monroe County, was correct to issue an injunction requested by the ACLU and other parties that block, that blocks the new law in Indiana that engages restrictions on abortion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. A People responding left and right on this. The Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, joins us right now. The statement put out by your office, sir. We plan to appeal and continue to make the case for life in Indiana. Our office remains determined to fight for the lives of the unborn, and this law provides a reasonable way to begin doing that. Uh, your your take on abortion, uh, notwithstanding, the argument that this judge uh, seems to be agreeing with, as Ken Falk lays it out, that there is a right to privacy in the constitution in the state of of indiana is that the reason this injunction was allowed your take sir 
Yeah, hey, Tony, I'll tell you that the leaps that have to be made uh, in order to come to that conclusion are, are wide and long um, and many. Uh, there's no right to privacy explicitly laid out in our Indiana Constitution. So what, what the judge did and what the other side has to do is say, when our Indiana Constitution, like our federal one, talks about liberty, the word liberty, inferred in that is a right to privacy. And then as part of your right to privacy, you have uh, a right to abortion. And the reason that is 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 because of some 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 other things, um, this right to not be unduly burdened, uh, uh, this right to bodily autonomy. So, a lot of leaps and a lot of big ones to try to get to this point today. And you and I have talked, and you have talked with your listeners about this idea of the plain meaning of our constitutions. You know the textualism that's involved. You know, these ideas are timeless uh, that are found – these self-governance ideas are timeless that are found in our Constitution. They shouldn't be manipulated. It's not a, quote-unquote, living document. And the, uh, the conclusion today from the trial court – and there will be higher courts that look at this for sure – the conclusion today used by the trial court was one of, no, it's a living document. Um, the, the, the people back then might have been bad. The people We've evolved since then, and we can't possibly rely on those old words. To, to protect unborn babies, uh, we have, they, they, they wouldn't have considered a woman's bodily, bodily autonomy, for example. And so now we have to infer all these things into those words. Now, the judge writing, uh, and I'm only reading in part, quote, there is reasonable likelihood that the significant restriction of personal autonomy offends the liberty guarantees of the Indiana Constitution. You're saying that it, it is a leap to make this claim that a, a privacy, uh, for example, uh, that any level of privacy exists in the Indiana Constitution. They're not making it on the federal Constitution level. They're making it on the Indiana Constitution uh Level and your argument is they're jumping through a lot of hoops in order to get that to happen. Yeah, they're inferring a lot that's not written in our Indiana Constitution, and and, you know I'm not saying there's absolutely no right to privacy that you could take from our Indiana Constitution, but they're taking it so far as to extinguish the life of an unborn child. And in, in order to do that, they're saying, look, we can't really have contemplated those things back then when this was written, even though we had an abortion ban before. Uh, and we got to we, we got to infer a, a, a larger right to privacy in this word liberty that we do find. And then we have to infer that part of privacy means that you have a right to an abortion because you have a right to your body, body bodily autonomy completely discounting and disregarding the life of an unborn child. That's fact that there are two lives, Tony. And so we're going to have to get that figured out as we go up the chain here in the court. But the, the bottom line, as I describe all that, what, you're, what, what I'm describing is the fact that a judge here said, you know what, I'm going to infer all these things, and I'm going to take the words of the Constitution and then words that aren't there in the Constitution, and I'm going to make this mean something that I need it to mean.
part of your argument, talking to the Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, uh, you and your office had put in a court filing, and I'm quoting here, the constitutional text nowhere mentions abortion, and Indiana has prohibited or heavily regulated abortion by statute since 1835, before, during, and after the time when the 1851 Indiana Constitution was drafted, debated, and ratified. Is this going to be the argument of your office going forward on appeal? Well, uh, Tony, you read three sentences. Okay, it's a multiple-page brief, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of diff- a lot of different arguments. That certainly is going to be one that the state has a right uh, to to make laws for its society uh, based on the fact that the, the lawmakers are elected by the people. So. Uh, again, there's, there's, there's no way to infer all these other things. For example, uh, this, this, this opinion says that, well, women didn't have the right to own property in our, in our Indiana Constitution. And it's true. It was silent. And then a statute came along, and, and the General Assembly said, you know what? Women have the right to own property, of course. And no one would argue with that now. Well, the same today uh and with this abortion law the the legislature has a right to put rights and restrictions in even if the constitution is explicitly silent as it is uh on abortion so you know we look forward to using the trial court's arguments really against itself as as the rulings appealed one of those arguments sir and and i got this uh from from the twitter feed of nikki kelly uh, who um, is the editor-in-chief for the Indiana uh, Capital Chronicle. Um, she, uh, in, in sharing uh, the, the decision here from, from the, the, the judge, uh, qu- quoted the judge and said, um, uh, staying enforcement of SB1 maintains that 50-year-old scheme long enough for the court to address the issue on the merits, the public will continue uh, to be subject to the previous abortion regulation regime that was significantly influenced by the United States Supreme Court jurisprudence that identified an expressly reaffirmed privacy right that included abortion for nearly 50 years. It seems to me that this judge in this case is saying, well, it was okay until it wasn't okay, but the fact that it was okay means that it should be okay. I'm not a lawyer. Am I following that accurately? Uh, I don't know, but I'm not following you. (laughs) Let me just say this. Uh, What I took from that was that uh, since Dobbs, okay, we have been able to get several injunct we being the attorney general's office uh my team uh we've been able to get several injunctions lifted right that have been in place for example there was an injunction on indiana's law that said you know what you can't dismember babies anymore can't do that uh that are in the womb as you go to abort them uh that is now back in place you know what you can't have an abortion based on uh the sex race or condition of the unborn child like if it's has if it's found out it has down syndrome something that's illegal in indiana we got that injunction lifted so that's in force i think if that's what that reporter means yeah those laws are back in place post dobbs and this injunction doesn't stop those laws from being this this preliminary injunction that was issued today by this state trial court judge doesn't affect 
those laws that are now back in place that we got over the last several months the injunctions lifted for. And just so we're clear, the reporter was reporting on what the judge said. It wasn't from the reporter themselves talking to the Attorney General of Indiana. Uh, Todd Rokita, uh, this uh, abortion fight is going to continue. Um, Does any of this make you think, make your office think that maybe someone like Senator Lindsey Graham has a point when they're trying to engage a a national uh, 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 kind of abortion law saying we, we don't allow abortions after 15 weeks? Or is this really still a states' rights issue and this is this is what life after Roe v. Wade was supposed to be, a back and forth on this subject? You know, I've been so focused on, on this case, i I got to be honest with you, I'm not sure what Lindsey Graham said, but um, it sh- I think it should be a states' rights issue. This is the evolution of the battle, um, and, 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 and states should be and do uh, promote and have uh, parameters that reflect their society. Uh, and, and, and so this is the proper place uh, for this discussion, this argument. And I'm, uh, I'm still very confident in Indiana's recent abortion ban. I think it was, like, I, like you said in the beginning of my quote, it's a, it's a reasonable place to begin. We should stand on the shoulders of that, that long, continue to evolve it as, as needed in our society, which is based on a cultural life here in Indiana, uh, uh, dictates. And, and we need to encourage our lawmakers to be able to stand up for what's right. Before I let you go, sir, uh, one of the victories that just came out uh, regarding uh, masks, mask mandates and vaccine mandates uh, against Head Start, against the the federal government saying that you you cannot mandate masks and vaccines in in the Head Start world. You were one of the uh, attorneys general uh, involved in that. Uh, How how does the wind feel? Yeah, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. We've been again so focused on this case, we forgot about win yesterday. But uh, another win for uh, battling a back against uh, federal government overreach. Head Start, a um, a federal program for pre kindergartners. Uh, Joe Biden and and the socialist left came out and said, you know what? If you're a teacher, administrator, staff member for a, one of these programs, if you get that federal money, you got to be vaccinated. And if the children that are participating are over two years old they have to be masked uh well louisiana and indiana a few other states we just got a federal judge to get a preliminary a permanent injunction in our favor so even better than the kind of preliminary injunction that we were just talking about permanent injunction in our favor so we think this case is dead a great victory for liberty attorney general todd rokita i appreciate you taking the time to be with us we'll be following uh this conversation about abortion in the state of indiana the regulations all of it i appreciate you attorney general todd rokita thank you so much more coming up this is tony katz today so letitia james the attorney general of new york has decided that the plan is to sue donald trump now there's a lot of conversation going on with president trump right now Uh, That has to do with a series of things. This specifically is not about uh, the the special master, is not about uh, the idea that he can declassify things by thinking about them. That's not our conversation. And what you will find in way too many social media feeds is people trying to confuse all those issues, push them all together. But they can't be pushed together. The conversation about Letitia James and the Trump administration, not the Trump administration, the Trump organization, is whether or not they broke uh, any laws. 
But how do you take seriously somebody like Letitia James when they were heading into office, they said this. As the next attorney general, I see the law as a sword and as a shield to protect those who are vulnerable because no one is above the law, including this illegitimate president. And so I look forward. I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him, defending your rights, and then going home. How do I begin to take a look at a lawsuit from a woman who says uh, that the president was illegitimate, which I'm told leads to insurrection, and then says is going into office every day to sue him. How do I do that? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, great to be with you. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. He is a trial attorney. He is uh, a retired U.S. Army colonel. He is also author of the book, Will Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. You can get that at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. His columns over at Town Hall. And you have been laying this out, working this out. This is something you understand. First things first, you noted that this is not uh, uh, about criminal activity. This is a civil suit as opposed to a criminal suit that Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, is is bringing forward. What's the difference? Well, there's a huge difference, Tony. Uh, and as you know, I am a civil litigator. I've done this for 30 years. So uh, when, uh, you know, as a conservative commentator or a Twitter personality, uh, I'm very, uh, you know, very political. But when I switch into lawyer mode, uh, I start looking at things as a lawyer, and I look at this lawsuit from Letitia James, which I had a chance to skim. It's 200 pages long, and uh, it's not a lawsuit in the way that people would think. Um, it, it, one thing it, it definitely is not is a criminal charge. A criminal charge has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, there's also a speedy trial requirement. Those things are things that she wanted to avoid because she doesn't have the proof. But that, in, in a civil suit, you're, you're talking about uh, a preponderance of the evidence. The standard is more likely than not. And uh, uh, you, can, you, know, you can charge somebody with fraud criminally. There is also civil fraud. That's what this is. <clears throat> and people are scandalous. Oh, my gosh, she says fraud. Just about every breach of contract action I get has a fraud claim. Okay, it is uh, essentially meaningless. It is not the same as criminal fraud. It is not even close. Now, I look at this, and the first, and and I I have you know, published opinions on uh, uh, consumer fraud issues. I know this stuff, and the first thing I look at is okay. The state has sued for fraud. How has the state? been damaged because a fraud claim is a misrepresentation that causes damage, damage now, being a loss of money. Now, let's talk about what the claim is. Hold on one second, Kurt. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, a trial lawyer, townhall.com and author. Uh, his latest book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America, available at amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. The argument that the Attorney General is making, Letitia James, Attorney General of New York, is that the Trump organization and the kids are named as as defendants, uh, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric, uh, other uh, co-defendants, is that they were padding his net worth, lying about the value of assets in order to get 
better deals on loans. That's that's the argument, right, that Letitia James is making. Well, that's that's part of it. That, that's her argument. The problem is that's not fraud because that the, the first thing is a, a padding the accounts. OK, that is a misrepresentation that caused. Uh, and uh, OK, you, you got the misrepresentation. That's that's the first step. The next step is caused damages to the plaintiff, plaintiff's New York State. Now, how does uh, uh, allegedly, and there are huge issues of proof, we don't have to give to them. Let's get, we, we, when you are uh, challenging a pleading, that's what this is doing, you are, are saying, hey, you have not set forth all the elements of the cause of action, cause of action, fraud, misrepresentation that causes damage to the party that's being, uh, that is suing. They they don't put in in the cause of action. I there are no damages allegations. There's nothing that says this padding caused damage, much less to New York State. So you don't you have not asserted a claim for fraud. You have asserted a couple of the elements of fraud, but you haven't asserted fraud. The the, the, the pleading is a joke. And it'll be thrown out on motion to dismiss, which conveniently, because she filed, uh, filed this dumb lawsuit 48 days before the election that she's about to lose, it won't be heard until after. So she gets to file it. It gets to sit there. The Trump people will make their motion to dismiss. And the hearing will be set for December or January. And, law, and this dumb lawsuit will go uh, into the wastebasket. Well, after the election's over, it's garbage. So you you made and you made this claim on, on Twitter. You can follow Kurt at Kurt Schlichter, S C H L I C H T E R. If you're not already, you made the claim that this is lawfare in in the same way someone would engage the concept of warfare. Uh, in the same way we often hear about slap suits, strategic lawsuit against public participation, that the purpose of the lawsuit is to be able to make the claim, be able to get the media attack, see if it has an effect in the midterm, but your feeling is by the time this actually gets a chance to see a judge, even the attorney general will be like, yeah, there's nothing here. Well, I mean, there, there isn't. I mean, how, how yeah, okay, he, he goes to a uh, uh, bank of, uh, you know, Wall Street and says, my asset, this asset that I'm collateralizing for a loan is worth $100 million. And, of course, as we all know, banks are very eager to believe you when you value something. They don't, you know, appraise it themselves. Right? But let's put that aside. Okay? And uh, he has – there's no allegation. He didn't actually pay back his loan. Get beyond all that. How was New York damaged? New York being the one who sued. How was New York damaged by this arrangement between Donald Trump and the bank, assuming it's all true. And remember, I'm assuming every fact that she pled is true because that's what you do on a motion to dismiss. You assume he lied, even though there's no evidence, actual evidence he did. And you assume that the, uh, uh, you know, assume that the state can prove it. If the state can prove they lied, great. Second step, can you prove that caused damage to New York State? They, they don't even try. The pleading doesn't even that, – that's the thing that stuns me because, I, you know, when I do a lawsuit and I represent, you know, important conservative people in legal actions. Well, I don't talk about most of them except Ben Shapiro because he put it out there. 
but I, I don't go as a politi- political guy, so as a lawyer, which is why I do really well. I look at this as a lawyer, and it is not a lawsuit. It's just, it, it just isn't. I, I mean, it, it's right on the face of it. There's no question. Where's, where's the allegation that caused damage to the state? It's not there. They don't even bother. It's like an insult. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, you can find his latest book at Amazon.com. We'll be back, The Fall and Rise of uh, America, and you can find his work over at townhall.com. Is there anything in here that makes you say that Letitia James has opened herself up or has opened up the New York Attorney General's office to some kind of of action? If, If you're making the argument, that there's no there there. there there's nobody who has been harmed in terms of New York State. So therefore, there, there's there's no there's no one to really say that I, there's I, I'm the one who has been uh, hurt or harmed here. And you're saying that the lawsuit in and of itself is bunk. Is there is there a response here that can follow Letitia James even if she's out of office? Uh, it, it, it depends. Mostly they uh, in the state courts. I'm sure she has a. a uh, if this is removed to the federal courts, and certain cases can be taken from state court to federal court, and there's a lot of uh, rules about that, and I haven't done the complete analysis, but it is possible that what the Trump guys go, okay, we are removing this to federal court or go to uh, probably Southern District in New York. Uh, there is a chance uh, that the case is so frivolous, uh, it could be subject to Rule 11 sanctions. Uh, that is very, very unlikely. It doesn't happen a lot, uh, and uh, especially with you know, a lot of the New York judges are just not going to hold the Democrat politician to any kind of standards. I, so the answer is there are theoretical possibilities uh, that there could be a problem because it's uh, uh, so ridiculous. But keep in mind, there are ridiculous lawsuits all the time. Uh, and uh, you, you, they don't get prosecuted. They're they're very bad, and there's there's you know they get thrown out, and that's where it ends. Let- so don't expect there to be some kind of sanction. The the proper sanction is for the New York voters to go and uh, elect. Uh, I believe the guy running against her is Mike Baker. Let's discuss let's discuss ridiculous lawsuits uh, really quick or ridiculous claims of of legal impropriety. And those are the claims against Governor Ron DeSantis by the political (laughs) left that he has engaged in kidnapping, that Governor Greg Abbott of Texas has engaged in kidnapping, that Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona has engaged uh, in kidnapping. You've got a sheriff in Bear County there, which is San Antonio, Texas, looking into whether or not investigating Ron DeSantis and whether he engaged in, in criminal uh, activity. This has been all the rage, the kidnapping conversation. That lasted for a good 36 hours. Uh, oh, yeah. There's any – who's going to bring the lawsuit and what's it going to say? Well, look, you've got to understand about these Twitter lawyers. They're terrible lawyers. Uh, I I deal with a lot of bad lawyers. I deal with a lot of good ones, too. I deal with a lot of bad ones. But the, 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 the absolute garbage nature of most of the legal analysis on leftist Twitter, it's actually stunning. You, you look at it and you go, how did you pass the bar? Where did you get a job? And then you see they work for the uh, Department of Justice, and you understand why they're so crappy. Um, the, you know, the, again, not lawsuits. 
not criminal prosecutions. Uh, political nonsense. But, but keep in mind, I, I, I'm not outraged because I want red state attorney generals to do the very same thing the Democrats. Now, I'm, I'm not outraged. Uh, you know, I'm a little disgusted. But uh, I, I, the, 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 the proper response here is for red state governors to take advantage of these new rules. Because what they really have done is establish a new rule, which is to use uh, uh, lawsuits and legal process to attack your enemies, uh, regardless of the merit, uh, simply seeking cheap political advantage. Now, I don't like this new rule. I, I'm against it. I've warned against it. Uh, I think it is uh, uh, bad for the country and for our democracy, uh, which I heard is very, very important, mostly from the people who are you know, abusing these rules. Uh, but uh, if they are the rules, then they are the rules, and it needs to be enforced against Democrats. And I think Democrats are going to find that they're especially vulnerable because in many cases they actually have done something wrong. So if this is horsey, okay, let's play horsey. Well, I, I, I haven't heard anybody describe it as let's play horsey yet. I got to admit, that does. sounds creepy. Well, you know, look, I'm going to leave the dispatch out of it. You know, they're getting a lot of new talent over there, and uh, I'm not, you know, they're going to go in some very. We're 30 seconds away from a Bill Crystal reference, aren't we? Let's we 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 really are. He's just he's just a bad bad man, and I uh, I always make sure that he has. Uh, I I include his blurb appalling on my uh, Kelly Turnbull books, uh, number seven of which drops in October. Inferno. So that's exciting. His name is Kurt Schlichter, by the way, the Kelly Turnbull uh, series uh, available at Amazon.com, People's Republic, The Split, Wildfire, Indian Country, Collapse, and Crisis. They are all there for you. And we'll be back. The man likes to write, people. We'll be back. The Fall and Rise of America, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. He writes like I talk, man. I can just do it all day and i'm so glad people like it kurt an absolute pleasure more coming up i'm tony katz at this stage of the game it is pretty clear to those of us in the world of radio or of content creation that the only reason that kamala harris exists is to provide us with unlimited amounts of content. <laughs> the only reason, there, there's no other purpose. To serve as vice president? Pfft, anybody can break a tie in the Senate. No, no, no. Kamala Harris exists to give us gold, people. Delicious, sweet, sweet gold. Oh, it's just so good. So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. It's, how do you, but. <laughs> what is she saying? So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. What is the the constant desire and drive to repeat oneself over and over and over and over and over and over and over? See what I just did right there? That's her. 
in her mind, this is this is intellectual, right? In her mind, she's showing how 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 connected it is she is, how important it is to her, how much she cares uh, uh, about it. That's definitely happening in her head, and not a single member of her staff has said, uh, "You know what? Uh, that's not working for you." You know, it's stop trying to make fetch happen. That's not working for you. Nobody tells her, or I'm totally off base. Everybody has told her, and those are all the people who stopped working for her because she won't listen. Just like the stories that she won't prepare. She will not prepare for the job. She won't do the readings beforehand. We've been hearing these stories for since the beginning, for the last two years. And maybe people have told her, hey, this style isn't working. And she's like, you know what? You get out of here, you racist. Well, wait, I'm a black woman telling you it's not working. What did I just say? Get out of here. And they're like, Psh, gone. Got private sector, here I come. Sweet cash. I'll find me a good candidate. Don't you worry. Uh, bye-bye. Maybe that's it. Man, she is the gift that keeps on giving. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.